This is Jim Pruitt, and you listen to another episode of the Farm So Hard podcast. So I farm so hard, the employees want to find me, and then want to hire me. What's 100K to a guy like me? Could you please remind me? Farm so hard, this ain't easy. Working late nights, you best believe me. My grades can only go ace. Never want to see another B unless I'm Jay-Z. Farm so hard, let's get paid. Hey everyone, this is Caitlin, back with another literature review. Today we are looking at the TRACE2 study, which is tenecteplase versus altiplase in acute ischemic cerebral vascular events, a phase three multicenter open label randomized controlled non-inferiority trial out of Lancet. A little bit of background, IV altiplase has been recommended as a standard therapy for eligible patients who have had acute ischemic stroke. Uh, tenecteplase is another thrombolytic that's been gaining more attention as a possible alternative to altiplase as its dosing and administration are more straightforward. Tenecteplase is given as a single bolus over 5 seconds, as opposed to altiplase, which needs the first 10% given as a bolus over 60 seconds, and the remaining 90% as an infusion over 60 minutes. There is some other discussion about whether or not we should be using thrombolytics for stroke at all, but that's way beyond the scope of today's discussion. Um, as of right now, the AHA guidelines give a 2B recommendation for tenecteplase being reasonable to consider over altiplase for patients undergoing thrombectomy based on the results of the Extend IATNK trial. So TRACE2, the study we're looking at today, as mentioned in the title, is a phase three, multicenter, prospective, open label, blinded endpoint, randomized, controlled, non-inferiority trial across 53 centers in China, comparing 0.25 mg per kilo tenecteplase versus 0.9 mg per kilo of altiplase. What I found interesting about this study is they looked specifically at patients who were either not eligible for mechanical thrombectomy or who refused thrombectomy. So it's a different population than where most of the tenecteplase literature is currently. They included adult patients within four and a half hours of onset with a baseline MRS score of one and a disabling ischemic stroke with an NIHSS score of five to 25. In addition to the exclusion of patients who are going for mechanical thrombectomy, they use the standard thrombolytic exclusions in the guidelines, and they note that the Chinese guidelines are similar to the U.S. and European guidelines. This study was sponsored by the drug company who donated both agents, but otherwise didn't play a role in the study design or analysis. So the results. They did enroll around 1,400 patients with approximately 700 patients in each group, all included patients were Chinese, and the baseline characteristics were really well balanced between the two groups. Their primary efficacy outcome was the proportion of patients with a modified Rankin scale score of 0 to 1 at 90 days, which occurred in 62% of the tenecteplase group and 58% of the altiplase group for a risk ratio of 1.07. Um, this showed that tenecteplase was non-inferior but not superior to altiplase in this patient population. Secondary efficacy outcomes included functional neurologic outcome, which was a MRS score of 0 to 2 at 90 days, MRS at 90 days, improvement in NIHSS at 24 hours and at 7 days or at the time of hospital discharge if it was before 7 days, and quality of life at 90 days, all of which showed no significant differences between tenecteplase and altiplase. For their Safety outcomes, the primary safety outcome was symptomatic intracranial hemorrhage within 40, within 36 hours, which occurred in 2% of patients in each group. Their secondary safety outcomes included symptomatic intracranial hemorrhage within 90 days, parenchymal hematoma 2 within 36 hours, any intracranial hemorrhage within 90 days, 
other significant hemorrhagic events in 90 days, deaths, adverse events, and serious events, adverse events, again, none of which showed significant differences. One secondary safety outcome that did initially stand out to me was the rate of parenchymal hematoma 2, which is defined as hematoma of greater than 30% of the infarcted tissue, but also extending beyond the initial area of infarct. While this type of death hemorrhage isn't technically by definition hemorrhagic transformation, according to AHA, it can be suggestive of it. Um, this occurred in 10 patients in the tenecteplase group and three patients in the alteplase group. This wasn't significant with a p-value of 0.053, but I did think it was worth mentioning. However, I don't necessarily think this is something to be concerned about just yet, however, especially since other tenecteplase versus alteplase studies also found an insignificant swing, but they found it the other way with alteplase potentially having more patients with these types of hemorrhages. So I do think that we can trust the statistics on this one right now and chalk it up to chance in this instant, but definitely something to keep an eye on as more data comes out if this is a signal or if it is just some background statistical noise. So in conclusion, the authors found that tenecteplase was non-inferior but not superior to alteplase for acute ischemic stroke within four and a half hours of symptom onset in patients who are not eligible for mechanical thrombectomy. Their results support the implementation of IV tenecteplase 0.25 mg per kilo as an alternate thrombolytic therapy to standard of care alteplase. So what are my thoughts on this study? Overall, I do think this is a good trial. I think the design was appropriate. I'm not concerned with the manufacturer sponsorship since both agents do come from the same company. At first, I admit I was a little unsure about them targeting a specific, specifically a non-thrombectomy population, as most of the literature supporting tenecteplase is in a thrombectomy population. But then I realized I actually do really like that because that's where we need more literature. They're not doing another thrombectomy study where we kind of already have that signal. They're going and in, digging into that area where we don't have a ton of information. Um, so while the AHA guidelines right now do only have that recommendation for tenecteplase in thrombectomy population, most centers that I'm aware of that have transitioned to tenecteplase, my own included, transitioned for all strokes in order to have one cohesive process and reduce the risk of error or using the wrong thrombolytic or mixing up the dosing schemes. So I do think that this trial provides more support to centers that want to make that all-in switch to tenecteplase as their workhorse thrombolytic for stroke rather than keeping um, alteplase and tenecteplase on formulary depending on thrombectomy status. I personally support the transition from alteplase to tenecteplase as the the primary thrombolytic for acute ischemic stroke. If we're going to use the thrombolytic, I think tenecteplase is the better option overall. From all of the data that I've seen, the safety and efficacy are pretty much equivalent, but the ease of administration is huge to me. It's been so nice having the symbol WNN straight draw five second push administration process versus the transfer spike, draw the bolus, draw the waste, don't mix up the bolus in the waste, give the bolus over 60 seconds, don't push it too fast, prime the line, start the drip process that Alteplase entails. I personally haven't seen the data yet, um, if it's out there, because I do work in a comprehensive center, but I do also think the Tenecteplase may speed up the transfer process from your primary stroke centers to your comprehensive stroke centers, if indicated. Um, at least, again, in my county, we only have two critical care ambulances that can actually run drips. So if you have patients who are on IV infusions, you have to wait for one of those two critical care ambulances. 
So avoiding that by giving the tenecteplase push and letting the medication be finished will allow for potential faster transfer times since at least where I'm at, the standard EMS crew can transport immediately post-tenecteplase. So all things considered, if I have two drugs that show equal efficacy and equal safety, one is easier on the nurses I work with, I'm picking the easier agent every time. It also helps the argument as a like last side note that at least where I am, tenecteplase costs half of what alteplase does. So while I'm not out here picking a therapy solely based on cost, again, all things considered, if it's easier, if it's cheaper and just as safe and just as efficacious, I think that's an easy decision to make, but I know not everyone has obviously that same thought. I personally support the use, again, of tenecteplase over alteplase, and I do appreciate this study shining more light on the non-thrombectomy population, because I do know that was a sticking point for a lot of people and a lot of centers in making the full transition to tenecteplase. So I'm not sure where thrombolytic, the future of thrombolytic therapy and acute ischemic stroke is going overall, whether that's moving, continuing with thrombolytics or moving into a more intervention-based approach. But I think if we're going to stick with thrombolytics, I'm all in for tenecteplase. Whatever she's looking for, it isn't in there. Perfect, 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 perfect.